a Christian celebration of Easter on 87.7 FM. my daughter started A-level philosophy, she came home from the very first lesson with a paradox, a question that doesn't seem to have an answer, which the teacher had asked them all. In fact, it's a question about God's existence and power. If God is all-powerful, can he create a rock so great that even he cannot lift it? If the answer is yes, God could create a rock that he couldn't lift, then surely he isn't all-powerful. But if the answer is no, God couldn't create a rock that heavy, then surely, again, he isn't all-powerful. Well, I think the answer to this question lies not in logic or philosophy or even trying to think about it rationally. It lies inside God's nature. You see, God sees things in a very different way to us. We know that God will lose in order to win. So can he do that? Create a rock so heavy? Yes, absolutely. He can do that. And yet he remains all-powerful. He already did it, in fact. He's already done that exact thing. God became a baby, one of the weakest living creatures on the planet. A baby can't lift a rock or even a pebble. And yet somehow that baby remained God overall. God laid aside everything, all his physical strength, but also his foreknowledge, his ability to shape events, to make the universe do whatever he wants. It was all laid aside, but he didn't stop being God. Let me turn it round and ask you a question. Do you think Jesus could have spoken fluent Swedish if he wanted to? Remember, this is the miracle man we're talking about, right? He could do anything. Could he have just broken out into fluent Swedish? Well, the answer is no. No. Not unless the Father willed it. The answer is no because when Jesus gave up his deity, he really did something. He really gave it up. Yes, you say, but Jesus performed miracles. He healed people. Yes, he did. But only when his Father told him and gave him the power to do it as he has given to other men and women throughout the ages. Again, when Jesus gave up being God to be a baby, he really gave it up. He made himself small. In the eyes of the world, he made himself weak. John chapter 5 verse 19 says, Jesus gave them this answer, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. You see, This argument is on the wrong level. God doesn't worry about being seen as weak. He doesn't care about that. Satan totally believed that God was the loser on Good Friday. He thought it was great. He'd won. But he couldn't keep hold of him. Death did its level best to hang on to Jesus by its fingernails, but death couldn't keep him. This was Jesus, supposedly the loser. Our God has already seen the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. It doesn't matter to him if someone was to say, oh, you can't lift up that rock, can you? Or, oh, you can't jump off from that cross, can you? This is all in his plan. He's already seen the end. 
But then let's think, what about us? Are we willing to be seen sometimes as potential losers? In order to answer that, here's another thought. Do you remember a previous, a former England football manager by the name of Sven Goran Eriksson? Not too long ago. And not that I have any big thing for Sven, and it all seems a long time ago now, but he did once say something that struck me at the time as being really quite profound, very relevant to our British culture, in fact. And I've thought about what he said since then. You see, Ericsson found in the England team that people didn't want to take the chance. They didn't want to take the risk. They didn't want to take the chance to run at the opposition, to have a go, to have courage. And the reason they didn't do it was because they were terrified of getting it wrong, of messing it up, of being seen the, the loser. It was like, I've got the ball, but I'm not going to do anything because I might mess it up in front of millions of people. I'll just give it to someone else. And so Sven Goran Eriksson thought about that and he said this to the team, you have to dare to lose in order to win. You have to dare to lose in order to win. And it's true, if you want to win at anything, you have to take the chance of losing. You might not be successful. You might not get it right. You might mess it up. And sometimes that happens. But his point was, if you never take that risk, you can never be successful. So as a Christian, often we give up on a chance, don't we? I, I know I have. I could have spoken to that guy on the street who looked like he needed someone to talk to, but I didn't. I could have spoken up as a Christian about my faith, but I was worried about how I might look in front of other people. Or I could have tried that job that needed doing in church, but I didn't think I'd make a good job of it. But the point is, it doesn't matter if we get it wrong. It really doesn't. God wants our availability much more than he wants our ability. God wants you to be in there taking a chance for him, daring to be a Christian in order to win. God took a big chance when he made Adam and Eve, and actually all, it all went wrong. He dared and it went wrong, arguably. But what did God do about it? He could have said, well that's it, let's forget about them. But no, God took another huge chance, sending a baby to rescue a planet. It's not great odds, is it? Remember, that baby couldn't lift a pebble. But God dared to lose, and he won. So we don't think the way the world thinks about these things. Victory in God's kingdom sometimes won't look like victory in the world. But just as God wasn't afraid to be seen as the loser, he wants us to take that chance, take a risk, to try serving him in a new way. It may just be a small thing, a person you've never spoken to before, or perhaps a job you've never volunteered to do. Try it. Dare. Take it. Take the chance. Maybe today. Refresh FM 87.7